Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I'm here with Michelle Vilsack, who goes by Michelle V. And we're going to have a beautiful conversation. If you're looking at me right now and saying, What happened to Sarah? You know that I just came from a workout because I'm putting a major focus on my health right now, my physical health. I'm always working on my emotional health, but also my physical health because, like so many of you, we've all been working in yoga pants. And yoga pants, are they don't have zippers or buttons. And when in September, I was trying on my pants and I was like, oh, I mean, I can put them on my body, but would I say they fit? No, I would not. <laughs> and I know so many of us are in that situation, and which is what Michelle is going to talk to us about. How are you, Michelle? I am doing awesome. I'm doing so well. I'm excited to be here and talk about this thing that I'm super passionate about. And whenever you mentioned yoga pants, I was just remembering I heard a research study recently um, that they did about like jail, um, people who were in jail and the fact that Mm -hmm. they don't the fact that they wear stretchy pants is one of the reasons why they gain weight in jail because they never had any kind of measurement for it, which I thought was really interesting. But I wanted to say before I forget, thank you so much for inviting me. And um, I'm just really enjoying looking at your group and seeing all just feeling the, the vibe there that it just feels like love and acceptance and just like such a safe place. So kudos to you because that means a lot about who you are. Oh, well, thank you. Well, a lot of times when people are in toxic relationships or toxic situations, Food can become one of the only comforts, right? Food's always there. It's always accessible. It's nice to them on the front end, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, even if it's not so nice to them on the back end. So how do you help people reframe that relationship so that our relationship with food doesn't become toxic? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. I think you make a really good point that one of the reasons that it's so hard to get away from food or or to reframe your relationship is because it's like, a, it's your comfort, it's your blanket. And like, how can I give that up? It's, it's almost as if you part, a big part of you actually doesn't want to give that up because that's my only pleasure. That's where I'm finally getting relief. And so it's uh, a little bit tricky to, I guess I think the first step is just realizing that, that you're the reason that it's hard to, to give it up is because you want to keep it and that's totally fine. And it's totally okay. And it, and it has been a comfort. It has been useful for you for a long time. And it was useful for me for a long time. So it's a process. I have a five-step process. We won't go through all the five steps right here, but one of the main things that I do teach people is to see the pieces, find the pieces where that are keeping you um, attached to food. Number one, find those pieces. What are they? Is it, it's my comfort. It's my only joy. It brings me joy. It helps me relax. It's all of those um, ties to food. Once you can figure out what they, they are, then we can reprogram them in a way that redefines your relationship with food. So is it with 
when people get out of toxic relationships, I, and they say, oh, I just miss this person. I miss this friend. I miss this whoever. And I say, think about the role the toxic person played in your life and then figure out a different way to fulfill that role, which seems really similar to what you just said about food. And if it's a comfort or relaxation, it's definitely relaxation on my end. Like you kind of get through the day and it's like, okay, I'm done. Like I, I don't have to like think about anything else or stress out about anything else. I can just like be and enjoy and be present and this, and it's like, great pasta. Great. You know, I mean, all these things. So it's part of your message, finding ways to fulfill those roles without food being the main event. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, I I guess to give you a little backstory for me, uh, I struggled with this for over 15 years. And I think a lot of people do, uh, you know, it's something that starts in childhood, maybe a little bit, everybody kind of has this one experience where their mom found them in the closet or something, eating something they weren't supposed to eat. Or maybe you had an experience where you just kind of felt that bond and it was your comfort or maybe it happened later, but for, in any case, it's a really, it's a long-term struggle for a lot of us. And it's so around, food is around all the time. Like you said, it's available, it's around. And um, I, even after I became a health coach and I, and I healed my body from a lot of different things, I had some crazy issues going on. So I totally brought my body back from being in a crazy health situation. But even after that, and even after I became a health coach, it was, I still went to food over and over again, like every night, like you, it, it would be not just, do I need it? Like, I want to relax at the end of the day. Sure. That's fine. But when it becomes an obsession where I've got to have it. And if I tell myself, I don't want it, my brain keeps bothering me over and over and over and over again until I eat that thing. Like, that's the point that I feel like it's a problem when it becomes that toxic relationship and you feel like you can't get out of it. You feel like you're out of control. And I don't know if anyone listening has ever experienced that, but you just want your control back. And it's okay if it's my friend and I hang out with it sometimes, but it's not okay if it's taking over my life and I feel like I have to have it to survive. And that's at the point that I was at. And even after um, becoming a health coach, then I felt like, okay, I should have this figured out. Right? I'm teaching people how to have healthy relationships with food, how to lose weight. And I can't even get this right. And it was really, I was finding it was holding me back. And I wonder too, if people who, you know, in your group as well, where you just feel like, whether it's your toxic relationship with a person or with food, man, this is holding me back. How did I get here? What am I, you know, what am I doing? I know that I'm smart. I know I'm capable. What is it that's holding me back from this, from really moving forward in, Mm -hmm. in this relationship? So, um, so that's a little background there. And I know it's a struggle that we all have. So I went through and, and I tried the food method, right? And, I, and I'm sure people, I just love this, this parallel because, right, you can switch out the person or you can switch out the food, but unless you really focus on the relationship itself, it's not going to change. 
So I found healthy food and I got to the point where I didn't allow unhealthy food in my house, but I was still overeating healthy food. Mm. <laughs> and, I, and I've heard that from a bunch of people as well, or portion control problems. Um, so then I realized it's relationship too. Um, it's, a, it's a relationship problem. I need to work on the emotions and the relationship. But even then, um, I couldn't I couldn't quite get it right because I think would you agree? I, I actually have a question for you about relationships too. I think whenever we talk about food relationships, they're like, oh, it's a direct relationship of yourself. You have to heal yourself first mm-hmm. in order for you to to heal or you know to get break through this relationship, which I 100% agree. But um, I got to the point where I was asking myself the question every day, what's wrong with me? You know, (laughs) so I have a whole thing about like people are in toxic relationships because of what's right with them. So we start with the what's wrong with me question. And then it's like, oh, you know, I am smart, kind, giving, forgiving, but I've been too forgiving. I've been too, you know, I thought I could be too smart. Like, Oh, I just need to work harder and I can make it work. So yeah, yes, it is. Gosh, I just, the food conversation is just so tricky because then it's, you know, even I had someone, I was advertising the event we're doing together Friday and someone kind of said, Oh, I hate that. It's like about weight loss because aren't I enough just the way I am. And it's like, cool. Yes. Do you feel like you have choices or do you feel like you're out of control? Because if you feel like I'm choosing this, I'm choosing this. I feel good about my choices, my health. And I look this way. Awesome. Super thumbs up from me. That's not what we're talking about, but it's the out of control. It's the, oh my gosh, is someone going to find how much ice cream Mm -hmm. I ate when everyone else went to bed? And are they going to know how out of control I felt when I kept digging and kept digging and the spoon kept going and then it was like, it was gone and I didn't stop myself. That's not personal power. That has nothing to do with what size pants you wear, what size dress you wear, whatever. And it's all about that sense of um, healthy control in your life, not unhealthy control trying to control other people, but feeling that sense of control in your life. Is that? Yeah. A hundred percent. That's exactly. I love that idea. Mm -hmm. And I think it's about self-respect too. And because for me, because of all the health issues that I had, I was never overweight. I think I had 15 pounds more than I probably should have, but nobody would have looked at me and said, Oh, you're heavy or, Oh, you're overweight. And I still struggled with it and I hated it because of the way it made me feel because I felt out of control and I felt like I couldn't say no. And I felt like I didn't have willpower or that I couldn't choose and I couldn't be as healthy as I wanted to be because I couldn't say, you know, this is what I want and follow through on it. And I think it's that, it's that, question again, coming back of like, what's wrong with me? Like, I just kept asking what's wrong with me? Why is what's the problem? And why I kept looking for those reasons you like, like you're 
saying like, whenever you look for what's wrong with me, (laughs) you're going to find it. And I kept looking for those reasons and I kept finding more and more reasons. And then I started getting really frustrated. Like, when am I ever going to be good enough to get out of it? Like, it can't just, there's always going to be improvement in our relationship with ourselves and our relationship with others and our, in anything that we do, there's never perfection. We're always perfecting. And Michelle, come on now. We had the perfect setup here. You know, in the in the conversation on perfection, I had to just stop you. This is go, supposed go, to be a Facebook Live that I advertised to everyone that I said, and I hate feeling like I didn't show up for people, right? And then we get in this thing and it's like, oh, technology, you know, Facebook is going through something right now and the button didn't show up and it may show up in 30 minutes or it may have shown up yesterday. And we still got to roll with it. And, you know, you can either like, okay, well, Michelle, sorry. I guess we're just not going to meet. I just guess we're not going to help people today. I guess we're not going to impact anyone. We're just, it didn't go perfectly like we thought it was going to. And even I was telling Michelle, I said, people are going to say, what happened to Sarah when she showed up? Because I purposely exercised this morning and then didn't get ready for this conversation. And I could have, I could have put on my makeup and put on my eyelashes and fixed my hair and all this kind of stuff. And I didn't, because when you start to think the only way I can operate is if I look perfect, if things go perfect, if there's never technology issue, if there's never any hiccups, if there's never, you're never going to do anything or get anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you're always, but it's so fun. Like, because if, if we were perfect, it would be boring. Nobody wants to watch a perfect show. I have a show that everything. perfect yeah. is boring. My husband hates it. He goes, no, perfect is great. I was like, be quiet. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand. Yes, you don't it understand. says perfect is boring. Yes. I yeah, have yeah. Perfect. But I, I also realized something else because whenever we focus only on the food or when we focus only on the relationship, the thing that I think most of us are missing is what I call the missing piece. Okay. And, um, and it's the, because for example, you know, that like my relationship with me, I, I guess what drives me nuts is they're like, it's, it's a complete reflection of your relationship with yourself or whatever. But I feel like I, my relationship with me is different than my relationship with you. And it's different than my relationship with my husband. And I could have one unhealthy relationship and other healthy relationships. And I don't have to have me be totally 100% put together and perfect in order for me to have a good relationship with someone. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Well, you never, and it's a both and conversation, you know, it's a, if we bring it back, you know, in relationships, I both want to give myself grace and I want my husband to have the best experience or relationship that I can bring to the table. You know, I want to both eat healthy foods and not beat myself up that on our anniversary last Thursday, it was that I, I think I had a thousand calories with my meal and it was like, okay, it was my anniversary. Like it was okay. It's, you know, nobody died. I I didn't die. Like everything's okay. You know, And, and those both and conversations of grace and being becoming better. Does mm-hmm. that yeah. kind of align with you? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. All that aligns. So yeah. So in my, whenever I work with my clients, of course, we talk about the relationship piece, we talk about the emotional piece, 
um, we always have into like, what do you really want? Kind of like what you're saying at the beginning. Is this like, is this the size that you want to be? Great. Or do you want to, you know, do you want to be 100% never eat sugar again? Great. Do you want to have it sometimes? Great. But my point is that we get you to the place where you can choose because for a lot of people, it's not a choice right now. Mm -hmm. It's, I feel out of control. If the brownies are on the counter, I'm definitely going to eat them. Right. Mm -hmm. Or if I go to the, if I go to a party, all I'm thinking about is the food the whole time. And I can't even think about anyone else at the party because I can just think about the food and that's not a choice. And so we, I like to take people to the place where you're totally free from food and then you can choose what you want to do with it. And that, and that missing piece of the process is those mental ties we talked about at the beginning. It's your beliefs about your relationship with food, because unlike a real person, (laughs) food can't do anything to you. Mm -hmm. You get to choose. Ultimately, you decide if you're going to pick up that cookie or not. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, you get to decide that it's not going to jump into your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Right. So um, I think. Honestly, that's a that's a tricky concept for people to grasp, though, because you've been struggling with for it for so uh, with it for so long, and it really feels you feel really powerless. So it feels like you can't stop, and especially for people who are really really binge eaters, it feels like you can't stop. And that's what a lot of the twelve step programs tell them too. You know, if you're a certain once you've reached a certain point, or if you're a certain kind of person, then you just can't stop. But And so sometimes people don't like what I have to say, but I'm like, I don't believe that's true. And with my experience, I don't see that that's true. That, that lie, that one lie, that belief, that mental, that's one of the biggest beliefs that keeps people stuck in that relationship is I can't control myself. Have you ever wished, Oh, I wish I could just work with Sarah. If so, go right now to sarahkramsey.com. Check out the program section and see if the Wondrous Woman program is right for you. I help people reconnect with what's right with them, become toxic person-proof, and design lives they're excited about living. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, and I just, the freedom is in the choice. Right. Not thinking, okay, I have, I mean, I guess we all wish we had the the freedom of the metabolism of a 16 year old boy, you know, and and just my husband has that metabolism. (laughs) Yes. There's certain freedom in that to some extent. Uh, But most 16 year old boys, um, their diet is like giving them cancer. And, you know, I mean, it's just Mm -hmm. really not heart healthy and you know it just uh I had someone talk recently they said eat vegetables you're a grown up get over it like get over it I was like okay you know (laughs) but it was it was a good reminder too you know we just attach so much emotion with food and as kids um you know oh you're crying let me you want me to buy you ice cream you know, I, I try really hard not to do that with my own kids, but I'm quite certain 
that, that happened to I me mean, as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. I, I even do that. My husband does it all the time. Like it's just a reward for doing this. Uh, right. But even I do it too, because it's, mm-hmm. it's cultural. And that's, that's one of the reasons, like, I like to say, or I like to pick, uh, explain it like this, like, you were talking earlier about how even when you get away from the person, part of you still wants that relationship, right? And it's those ties, it's those mental ties. And you were, um, the way that you were describing the process was a little bit different, but the way uh, I talk about basically redefining those ties and um, not necessarily replacing them, but just um, re re programming them, which I can give you an example. But for um, for one example I would like to give is if if someone came to you, you know, because we have so many associations with food that draws to food, it's the it's the reward, it's the helping me feel better at night. But um, you know, if someone came to you with your neighbor came over, this happens all the time, right? Your neighbor came over, it's the holidays, they made you this gorgeous plate, it's all beautiful. And they hand you the plate. And it's poop. (laughs) Okay, That's my analogy here. It's poop. Your brain wouldn't be saying, Oh, they went through all this trouble. I don't want to be rude. (laughs) I don't want to be rude and just throw that away. That's a waste. (laughs) I don't, or, or you wouldn't be saying, Oh, I've been so good today. That's going to make me feel better or any of those same excuses. But because, but if it's food, it's different, right? You believe that about food. You believe that it's a comfort. You believe that it's going to offend them or you believe that it tastes good. So if you can actually convince yourself well, that, well, first, before I get in there, but that's why it's such a struggle. And, and with relationships too, it's still a struggle because part of you believes that it was that person that was making you feel that way. Yeah. So in regards to people pleasing, you know, if somebody's trying to gaslight you or convince you not to love yourself anymore. Okay. So one of the things I talk about is uh, I joke and say, you know, when people, if someone came up to me and said, I was a Mexican hot dog salesman, there's no piece of me that would go, well, why do you think I'm a Mexican hot dog salesman? What did, what am I doing right now? Do I smell like hot dogs? Do I, am I speaking Spanish right now? Am I wearing a Mexican, you know, flag on my shirt? Like what, what what's making you think I'm a Mexican hot dog salesman? I would go, what? I'm not a Mexican hot dog exactly. salesman. Like, there's just that very strong belief that what you are saying isn't true because yeah. I don't have an association with being a Mexican hot dog salesman. So, yeah. but if someone says you're being selfish, you don't care about others. You, you're not a good person if you don't do this. And we go, Oh, what makes them think that we start like working mm-hmm. because there's pieces of us that believe those yes. things already. Right. So I love that example because, yes, if someone had poop, I would not eat it because of all those things you said. But because I already believe Christmas is the time to eat a lot more sugar because I already believe I've, you know, I've earned it. I worked out today. Yeah. so I've earned yeah. it. If I already have those beliefs in place, then I'm more likely to uh, make a decision that maybe doesn't align with my goals or integrity. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. 
Yes, because ultimately your brain's just divided about that. So it's always going to fight with itself about what you're doing. And so that's why it was hard for me to after after dinner, if I want to, it wants it wants me to have a snack. My brain wants me to have a snack. And it was hard for me to say no, because it has all these things that it's bombarding me with. And it was always a fight, always a fight. And it's not that you don't have willpower. You've got willpower, but part of the power is in one side, you know, part of the power is in the belief that this is going to help me. This is going to be so great for me. And part of the power is, Hey, I want to be healthy. I don't want to do that. So I teach people it's not willpower. You know, you have willpower, you have strength, but it's just the fact that your brain's divided and it's fighting against itself all the time. So that power is also divided. Like you're saying, so you give in, you start to believe one thing or the other, and and then it becomes a fight. So ultimately, your freedom comes from understanding those things in a different way and reprogramming those beliefs that are pulling you towards the food, reprogramming them and believing them in a different way so that you're not fighting with yourself anymore. And the not fighting with yourself anymore is where the food freedom comes in, correct? Yeah. Yes. Or I'm doing a mini course on decision-making skills, you know, whatever it is, it's, it's the fight. It's feeling like I have choices. It's feeling like, uh, you know, yeah, it's my birthday. I'm going to eat a piece of cake. Not I ate a piece of cake. I'm so stupid. I'm so worthless. Why in the world did I do that? Or, or I don't care if it's my birthday. I'm going to do something for me today, which is not eating the piece of cake. Uh-huh. Yes. 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 Well, yeah. Going back to what you said at the beginning, though, it's a process of um, re I say I keep saying reprogramming, but it's a process because for some people, yeah, it's like this is the only joy is to especially if if you're self abuse, if you're abusing yourself or you have a low self-esteem or if you're you know, in COVID, that's why so many people gain weight during COVID. It's like, there's nothing else to do. And this is the only thing that's going to bring me happiness. So it is also about like, it's also about refining other things that are going to make you happy. And maybe that's a part of what makes me happy, but it's about getting out of the kitchen. It's about discovering other rooms in the house. It's about discovering other parts of you and ultimately feeling so much better in the end. So let's say dinner's finished and you think, oh, I just need something sweet to finish it up. Or I need, you know, whatever. And um, you want to find other rooms in the house, find other things to bring you joy is, and I know this is a very tiny snippet in one scenario of what you do. So I, I want to say that. And I know, cause I hate people say, okay, so, you know, what red flag should I look out for? It's like, oh my gosh, that's like, yeah, this one little <laughs> tiny triangle yeah. of what my work is or what the real answer is to this question. So I want to preface it to say, I hope I'm not being disrespectful asking you about this one situation when it's a more holistic approach, as I'm quite certain. Uh, however, let's take that one example. Um, so is how, you know, thinking about other things that bring you happiness, is it like, maybe I take up knitting and I I knit at that point. Is it, let me play a board game with my kids. Let me, uh, you know, um, call a friend. What, what, what are some examples of starting to break that habit? Yeah, I think, 
Um, I think it doesn't matter at all what you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it matters more how you do it. So okay. the thing, um, it's going to be different for everybody, what you enjoy doing, um, and what feels good to you. But ultimately I've seen people use distraction to not eat and that's a different thing. So, uh, what I encourage people to do is to go backwards. So instead of a, a lot of times, and I'm sure you've probably encountered this in coaching, we're like, they're like, what do I need to do? Right. We go to the action first and say, what do I need to do in order to solve this problem? So, oh, I need to go drink a couple of glasses of water, drink some tea or do knitting or whatever. But if deeper than that is your feeling behind what you do and your thought behind that's creating that emotion. So if I, so I think some people are like, oh, I just have to stay busy. That's how I don't eat. But to me, that's not freedom. That's Mm I'm running away from my problem by staying busy, right? And so I could you're tell you're going to hit burnout at some point. Yeah, and that strategies. Yeah, so I could tell you to go do something else, but really, what we want to know more than that is uh, resolve why you want to go do something else, right? So instead of having it be, oh, I need to run away, I need to go do something else. Let me find this. Let me find that. It's about hey, I know. Um, it's about looking at the original reason, like, why do I want, um, for example, oh, I want the treat. I want the treat, but why do I want the treat after dinner? Like a lot of times it's to relax. Sometimes it's a reward, you know, it depends on what it is. So why do you want that? And then does the food really give you that? And you, and I I know it sounds silly and simple to like dig into it, but as you dig into it and really question it, then you give yourself the permission to realize, oh yeah, it's not actually doing that for me. Mm -hmm. And food kind of becomes disappointing in a good way. (laughs) That like, oh, I wish it could take all of my stress away. That would be so amazing if it really could just take all my problems away. But I, I, after I did this work with myself, I remember going back to the pantry several times because I'm frustrated and I want to eat some food and I go to the pantry and then I'm like, man, I wish I could just eat this and it would make it all go away. But I know that it won't. I know I'm still going to be sitting here with the same stuff that I've got right now. Plus I'm going to be beating myself up for everything I just, that I'm about to eat. Mm-hmm. No, I, I love that. I, you know, I probably had my super serious face on if I was listening to you, but, but that's it, you know, and it doesn't make it better. You know, alcohol was up uh, during COVID as well, you know, and you always wake up the next day, no matter how much you drink one night, you know, you wake up with your same life the next day, no matter how much, how many sweets you eat or how salty those chips are, you know, you wake up you wake up the next day with, um, with your life again. Uh, I love the line you said about food being disappointing in a good way. There really is a step-by-step super simple process to winning the food fight. And I really, I'm a big picture thinker and I like to break things down. So they feel possible and they feel doable. So it's actually just a really simple process that if you follow, you can reprogram those relation those 
ties to food and really start enjoying food and enjoying life. We're always talking about flipping the switch. Like, I wish there's just a switch though, that like I could just convince my brain, for example, that that just doesn't taste as good as I think it does, or that I want to tell my, let my brain really know that it's not going to make me feel better, even though, you know, right now I feel like I, I do, it will. So there's a really cool technique that I came up with that you can switch your brain in just a few seconds. You can literally convince your brain something different in just a few seconds without arguing yourself all day or making yourself do it. So for those of you who don't know, um, I did my first swimsuit competition at 37 after babies, all this kind of stuff. And I'm always asking my ladies to do things that feel scary or to do things out. I hate the word comfort zone, but for ease of understanding, you know, things outside of their comfort zone. And I always want to lead by example. And so some of the things that feel scary for me at this stage of life probably are not, I mean, they're not the things that felt scary five years ago, six years ago, nine years ago, 10 years ago. And so I had to find something really scary. So I did my first beauty pageant um, at that age, a swimsuit competition at the end of COVID. And, you know, competing, I hate to use that word, but competing against, you know, 23-year-olds who had never had kids, who had been married for like six weeks and they misses competition, you know, and so when I had to find something scary, that checked everyone's boxes. They're like, you're, you're doing what? Like, <laughs> really? Why would you do that? You know, and I was like, I don't really know how to walk in hills that high and I don't know how to do this. And it actually was scary. It wasn't like one of these things where it's like, oh, yeah, I pretended it was scary, but it really wasn't. No, my my husband called and said, are you having a good time? I was like, no, no, I'm not having a good time. And he was like, well, isn't this kind of the reason you did it is because you wanted to do something that wasn't a good time for you? And I was like, I don't need that reminder right now. Thank you very much. But <laughs> I'm just trying not to cry, you know, <laughs> so that, that was my experience with that. But obviously there was... um. Uh, I had to win my own food fight in in preparation for that event and journey, which is uh, how Michelle and I connected on this subject. So, uh, Michelle, thank you for helping us on our journey to becoming toxic person proof. Thank you. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live. There's tons of support and most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.